Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. What are we talking about today? Well... We're going to talk a little college football. A lot happened last week and last weekend. We will move from college football into a preview of week 14 in the NFL. And then I wanted to talk a little NBA hoops. It is NBA season in the Crocker household. So I figured if you're spending so much time, you know, watching NBA basketball, I figured we might as well get a little bit on the show and get your take on that. So before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. All right. 26 32 and one so far this season we went two and three last week wasn't a great week but certainly better the week before thanksgiving when we went all in five college football sort out of the mix now so you know we're certainly going to have less opportunity to fall deeper in the hole but we're going to have less opportunity to come back out of it what you got this week these lines stink these lines this week stink i'm taking the over in the chargers giants game over 43 so we'll go over. I, I debated back and forth on that one. We're going to go with, with your pick on that. So and I, and I know the Giants have a decent defense, but I think the Chargers could score 40 by themselves. Yeah, Jake Fromm's starting. Right, but, I mean, he can't get a field goal? Well, maybe. Garbage time? I'm going to go with you on this. We're going to go over. So we only got two this week. Over Giants, what is it, 40? Is it still 44? 43. It's 43, so that's even better. Over 43 in Giants at Chargers, and I'm taking Tampa minus three and a half at home against Buffalo. That Buffalo team, man, I, I don't, I don't know what's what's going on with them. Obviously, that game on Monday night really, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that out of the mix. I just, they've been a weird team this year. They were really hot for a while in the last month or so. They just, they haven't really all been there. So, I like Tampa at home. This is this is the time of the season when Tampa really starts to turn it on. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. All right, we're going to start with a few good minutes on college football this week as well. I want to get your thoughts on the college football playoff selection. I know you did not watch the selection show. I asked Luke his thoughts on things. His response to me was it's it's basketball season. So <laughs> My response back to him was was a gif uh, from The Wire where Bunk Moreland just kind of looks at somebody and gives him a dirty look and walks away, and it's really how I felt. But uh, the way that it all played out, 
Alabama number one, Michigan number two, Georgia number three, Cincinnati number four. So the games on New Year's Eve will be Bama and UC. Bama's a 13-and-a-half-point favorite right now. They're playing in Dallas at Jerry World. And then Michigan and Georgia will play at the on the 7.30 game, the, the primetime game at the Orange Bowl in Miami. And Georgia right now is seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Just your thoughts overall. College Football Selection Committee, did they do it right? Would you have liked to see other things happen? Just curious your thoughts. Yeah, I think they got the four teams right. And I think they got them in the right order. I, the way Alabama handled Georgia, I think that they were the best team. And I think at that point, you look at losses like, yeah, I know that, that Michigan had a better loss, essentially, than Alabama's Alabama loss to A&M, who was, I believe, unranked. I, I don't have it in front of me, but um, I believe they were unranked. The Michigan State is ranked 10th or something. But uh, I think just the way that they handled it, I mean, we, we knew that they were going to get the benefit of the doubt. They were always going to get it. So, so they move up to number one. Michigan stays at number two after dominating Iowa. Georgia slips down to three, which I think is the correct call. And then Cincinnati, the first power five gets in. I mean, first power five was never going to get in as anything but a four seed. So, um, you know, I think they won by 14 or 21 when they beat Houston last week. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. I think there's um, a couple good matchups. That Michigan-Georgia game could be a slugfest. And I don't know, what, which Alabama are we getting? Are we getting the Alabama that played in the final you know, month of the season? Are we getting the one that played in the SEC championship game? If we get the one that played in the SEC championship game, forget about it. Just, just give them the chill for you. But is that really who they are? Or you know, we have more evidence to suggest that they're the team that couldn't stop anybody, couldn't stop the run, and, and struggled with uh, putting away a team like Auburn you know, in, in, what was it, triple overtime in the Iron Bowl, double, triple yeah, overtime? Triple. So... I think Cincinnati can hang with them if they if they have their A game and Alabama looks like like they did late in the season. I think that uh, Cincinnati could be right there, and um, you know Georgia Michigan kind of an old school football game here. A lot of defense, a lot of running the ball. I think that the rough part for Michigan is that Georgia's run defense is really really good. It takes um, you know it, it took a quarterback like Bryce Young who's going to win the Heisman to have a signature day to have a signature Heisman moment signature Heisman game, really. And he put up 40 points, I think, through for 450 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he just torched him. I'm not sure McNamara is capable of that. So I think that that's a tough, tough setup for Michigan. But it should be a couple of good games, I think. So I got a couple of things. Bama deserved to be number one, I think. I think Michigan made a good case to be number one, but it certainly wasn't enough. I have more of an issue with three and four than I do with one and two. I think Cincinnati should have been number three. I think Georgia should have been number four. Now, you're absolutely right that no non-Power 5 conference team was ever going to get in unless they were a four seed, but Cincinnati's gone you know, 12-0 and 0 two years in a row. They've won their conference two years. I just think it's a little bit of a different case. It's not some school coming out of nowhere. It's a team that's done it. And Georgia lost. And I think, and I tweeted it, and, and I believe this in my heart, I think Georgia should have to beat Alabama to get a shot at another team. There's an SEC bias that we all know, you know, at times it's stronger than others. And I think that a lot of people on the outside looking in feel like 
and I, I don't I don't feel this way. I'm actually really content with the matchups the way they worked out. But a lot of people feel like that they want to set up a SEC national championship game. I mean, you tweeted out, you know, can we just skip to, you know, can we just skip to Alabama, Georgia 2.0? I think a lot of people feel that way. I And this idea that the committee wanted to avoid an immediate rematch and they've de- denied it, denied it, denied it. I think it's total bullshit. I think they did want to avoid an immediate rematch and they wanted to set it up where I think they feel in their hearts that Alabama and Georgia are the best two teams and they wanted to structure it away so those two teams would play in the national championship with that being said i don't know which one's going to lose but i believe that there will not be two sec teams playing in the national championship give me a little bit of time to sort of let things marinate and walk away from it i want to tell you another story i had written some information down somewhere and i can't find it and i forgot to put it in my notes I was listening to, this is yesterday maybe, or, or maybe it was Monday, Mike Greenberg's afternoon show. So he does get up in the morning and then he does, they put him on the radio for an hour or two after, I guess, in the, in the old Levitard slots. And he had his head stats guy on there and they were talking about, there's this website out there that ever since the BCS ended, has continued week in and week out to track how the teams would be ranked if the BCS algorithm, which really had no human element in it, it was all just an algorithm, a computer algorithm, how it would rank the teams every single week. And there was some information on there. Maybe it's surprising. Maybe it isn't. But we've had the college football playoffs for eight years now. So there's been 32 teams, 32 different teams, right? Each year there's four. There's been 32 teams that have been have made it to the college football playoff based on this new all-human format. If the BCS algorithm was still in place over the last eight years and they basically just ranked the teams and then put the top four in every year how many of the 32 teams do you think would have been the same just uh off the top of my head 25 so i said 22 it's 32 I was going to say, I, I pulled it up and I'm looking at it and they have the exact same top six right in now. Four of the eight years, all the teams would have been ranked the exact same way. So four years, there was a little bit of variation in, in the seating, right? But all four teams would have been the same, even the first year when everybody was pissed off about Ohio State getting in with Cardell Jones and not JT Barrett. They still would have been in. So I thought that was surprising but you know it's like are these guys just (laughs) pulling the numbers from that website every week and just putting them out there I don't know but I heard that and I thought it was interesting and I wanted to throw it out there and you had the same reaction that I did it was like all right it's got to be somewhere in like the mid mid 20s right now it's all 32 so whether there's this computer algorithm this formula that they utilize or it's you know, 16 people or however many it is, 12 people sitting in a room talking about the teams that they like the best. 
we wouldn't have had a different format. We, it would have been the same four teams. Now, maybe the matchups would have been a little different, but my guess is for the most part, the results would have been the same. Now, let's give a little bit of college football playoff historical perspective. Okay. And the reason why I think some of this is important is because there's some repeat teams in here and there's some first time teams in here, which is good. You know, people over the last several years, they've been saying we, you know, we're seeing the same teams over and over again. We want to see different teams. So first time teams, first time teams are five and six in the semifinals, a little bit under 500, not terrible, but the chances that a first-time team's going to lose in the first round is better than they're going to win. In the national championship round, first-time teams in the playoffs are two and three in the national championship. Your two national champions are Ohio State, because everybody was first-time that year, because they won the inaugural, and LSU. LSU came out of nowhere to make it their first time and blew everybody out. Now, let's give a little bit of historical perspective on repeat participants Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are, are the big repeats, okay? And, but then you have Oklahoma, who's been in twice, Notre Dame, who's been in twice, and now this is Georgia's second time, so you can put Georgia in there as well. Alabama's won three national championships. They're 8-3 and three in the college football playoff. Their average margin of victory is 17. Their point differential is 98 points. I mean, Alabama's just as good as Ohio State and Clemson have been over the last eight years. Alabama's just really dominated this thing. Now, I will say this. These repeat performers, the average margin of victory is about the same. Clemson's won two national championships. They're six and four, still above 500, not as good. Their average margin of victory is 19. So actually, you know, Clemson's margin of victory is better, but their point differential is only 55. Ohio State's won a national championship. They're 500, three and three. Their average margin of victory is 17. Their point differential is minus 15. Now, that's a little bit swayed because they got blown out a couple years back by Clemson, and they got blown out, you know, the year that uh, Herb uh, got blown, blew out by Clemson, and then they got blew out last year. That Alabama team is blowing everybody. Oklahoma's 0-2, Notre Dame's 0-2. Not going to really give stats there. And like I said, Georgia's in for the second time. LSU won that national championship in 2019, and their point differential in that single year was 52. So that LSU team was so dominant, so crazy. Final thoughts here. I'm really excited for Michigan and Cincinnati to kind of show off who they are against these Blue Bloods. It's tough for me to sit here and say that I think Cincinnati's going to win because, you know, there's just challenges there with depth and Alabama's been here before and they know how to prepare and you know so and and I'm concerned about the Miami factor with Michigan and Georgia being in South Beach that South Beach flu is a is a real thing you get a couple college kids down in South Beach for three or four days and there's no telling what's going to happen there so I think Michigan's got a shot I think they've they've got a really really good shot to keep the game close they are the number two seed there was argument for them to be the number one seed. I know Georgia's been the number one seed all season, and they got upset by Alabama, but that Georgia team's got serious deficiencies on offense. And, you know, Michigan sh has showed that Iowa defense is no – they're not slouches. I mean, you cannot run the ball on Iowa. Michigan was able to do that. Teams don't generally score on Iowa. I mean, you don't see teams put up 40 
plus points on Iowa. It just doesn't happen. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to watching the games with you, buddy, me and you. Me and you on, on New Year's Eve watching the old college football playoff with the maize and blue. You know what I mean? It's going to be a good time. I think Cincinnati's got a better shot than than you're leading on, I think, just because I, I don't disagree with the depth. And again, it, it's who it's which Alabama team shows up. Are they going to take them lightly? I mean, this team hung with with Georgia last year in the bowl game. They lost 24-21. They were up 14-10 at half. Yeah, it's valid. Um, they're driving at the end of the third quarter with an 11-point lead. They're up 21-10 at the end of the third quarter, and they fumble. Georgia goes and turns that into a touchdown. Cincinnati punts later. Georgia kicks a field goal. Another Cincinnati three and out. And then they end up getting a field goal late. Georgia ends up getting a field goal late to win that, to win the game. I would love to see a Cincinnati-Michigan national championship. And you know what? It would be the first time that we've had two teams in the national championship outside of the first year that we've never had before, you know? And if you think about it, Oregon is really the only team in LSU. Oregon and LSU are the only two teams that have played a national championship that haven't been in the national championship another year, right? Yeah, Oregon got smoked and and LSU won. Yeah. Yeah, Oregon got smoked by Ohio State that first year. So it'll be nice to see. I mean, you Look, it's probably not going to play out that way. We got Look, we got 3 weeks. We'll figure it out. They're going to talk about it at nauseum. I did a little uh this will be a good transition in the NFL, but I did a little mock draft Wednesday. I looked at about six mock drafts at lunchtime today, and they had Aiden Hutchinson going number one in every single one of them. So I think that's officially we'll we'll try to get Alex Gilstrap on here in a couple of weeks and get his take on it. Uh but I think that Aiden Hutchinson thing, it's it might end up being real. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Um, I think a lot of people are doing the Oh, Detroit has the first pick. He went to that's Michigan. True. No, there's and um, that's but you know, I mean, you know, also, I mean, we got to see what these guys do. And the combine's coming back right. this year, so they'll have numbers. And it's going to be between him and the kid from Oregon, Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they'll have a, de- a decision to make. I think that they're both in that discussion. All right. Before we move to the NFL, a word from Lightbox Jewelry. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, except they're grown in a lab. And because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gifts they'll never want to take off and price so they won't have to. Plus, they'll make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All right, let's move to the NFL. Well, week 14 preview. Congrats to the Lions for getting their first win of the season last week. Very exciting. I actually watched that game. The Browns weren't the Browns weren't playing, so it was a red zone Sunday. It's been a while since I've had one of those. There's been a lot of years where the Browns will look terrible in the first quarter, and I'll just immediately turn it off and do a do a red zone Sunday. So it was nice for that. What are the games you're looking forward to this week? Well, we'll start right there with the Browns. I'm looking forward to the Browns and Ravens. 
the Ravens have looked like shit. Okay. They've looked awful. They've scored, I think, 16 and what? I think they scored 16 again last week. Yeah. Um, missing that two point conversion for the win. So, Browns coming off a bye. They do have some COVID issues, but uh, this is this is pretty much the season for the Browns. Um, but not only that, is is it? It's a really important game for the Ravens too. With New England winning and taking that one seed, Baltimore's got to got to keep winning to keep pace with New England to, to get back on track and keep that one seed. Aside from that one, though, we're looking at uh, the Bills and Bucks, as you mentioned. You're, you're taking the Bucks. You're, you feel pretty confident about that. Yeah. This is uh, the time of year Tampa starts to turn it on. Yeah, last week was was a little was a little wild. I don't think you can take much away from that game other than Bill Belichick is definitely not in Doug McDermott's head. <laughs> Sean. Sean McDermott. Yeah, not not Dougie. Dougie, not Dougie, Dougie McBuckets. McBuckets. Yeah, Sean McDermott. <laughs> but um yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see like I I, I want to see something from the Bills. Every every team that they've played with the winning record, they've lost. So I, I, again, I'm not taking much from Monday night. I think that that game probably goes a little bit different if there's not 50 mile per hour wins, but New England's good. New England's good. Their defense is good and they can run the football. So they're not going away. Uh, Buffalo has a hard time running the football, but I want to see these two guys air it out. Brady's been doing it all year. Allen's slacking a little bit, but um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, should be a good matchup. Yeah, I think the Rams and the Cardinals on Monday night football, that's one. You know, the Rams, they're a weird team. You never kind of know what you're going to get. Like just like with the Bills, I'm not I'm not taking much from their game last week. I'm just not. Yeah, but the, the Rams have looked weird a few weeks in a row. You know what I mean? Or, or the last a few of the last most recent weeks. Lots. That's of what I mean. Like I'm not taking much from a 30 point win against Jacksonville. Yes, exactly. You know, I, and, I heard a stat the other day that shocked me. Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown since Halloween. Yeah, that's insane. that's. Insane. I don't know if they want him scoring touchdowns though. <laughs> I mean, they they realize that they need to get better. Their roster needs to get better. You can score a touchdown or two if you're down 30. Yeah, you can. And, you know, the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals are hitting on all cylinders. Kyler came back last week, looked great. You know, D-Hop came back. He looked great. That team's hitting on all cylinders. The NFC's certainly... The cream is rising to the top from the from an NFC perspective. I think you got the Cardinals, you got the Packers, and you got the Bucks that are kind of rising. Whereas on the AFC side, you know, there's there's just so much uncertainty. And you said it, the Ravens and the and the Browns. You know, last week we had this whole thing where the season of dreams is over and all that. I mean, the Browns still have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. Like, it's not just like they're mathematically alive. Like, they have a legit – I actually believe they control their own destiny, to be honest. They need to go 4-1 and with that one loss probably needing to be Green Bay, right? Because they're probably going to lose to the Packers. So, if they can beat the Ravens, the Steelers – the Bengals and the Raiders, you know, they're beating teams that are ahead of them and they're falling back. And man, I just, I think back that game against the Ravens, you know, if they could have won that. And the other one that I, the, the Steelers game, that first Steelers game where, you know, obviously there was, that was the last week that Odell played with the Browns and the week following obviously had all the mayhem, but those were two winnable games that were right there for that team. And they could be sitting there at eight and four right now, you know? And it's like, 
and they would be in, in the driver's seat and potentially going for a buy for Christ's sakes with the way all these teams are playing. You know, they've been blown out twice by the by the Cardinals and by the Patriots, which right now, as we speak today, those are the two number one seeds in the AFC and NFC, right? So they've lost big to the teams right now that are sitting, you know, in the driver's seat in both conferences. So when I start to evaluate it from that perspective, when I start to think about their path to an actual playoff berth, it's not as I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it. I've been doing it all week. I started on Sunday when I started looking at records. I started looking at schedules. So you feel good about this game this weekend? Because you, you, I mean, you have to if that's if that's how you're feeling. I mean, I just I just don't. I I, I... yeah. So what? I'll, let me let me answer the question. If they win, I'm all I'm all the way back in. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously if they lose, we're all the way out. But if they can win, which I mean, they should have beat. Should it? You know, should have, would have, could have. This game. Whatever. If they would have beat, even if they would have beat the, you know, Lamar throws four interceptions. I just, you know, something just tells me that this is going to be one of those games where we come out very similar to Cincinnati. The defense dominates. We probably, you know, we get a defensive touchdown. I could see us winning this game by 17, 21 points. I just, I, I just have a weird feeling. I don't know. Maybe. Um, They've scored 27 points in three games. I, mean, I understand. That's that's I, the I, I just I I, I think look, everybody had, in that building took a look in the mirror this week from the top down. I think Stefanski said it. We have to get better as an organization. We have to do a lot of self-evaluation. I think that they're gonna get back to the what works. I hope so. Um don't know who's starting at right tackle, but um they gotta do something, man. They've scored four touchdowns in uh, in uh, three in three weeks. So have faith, player. I want to. I want to. And look, it's not like it's not like the Ravens are scary right now. But they've never beaten Lamar. I got to. I got to. I, yes, I, I got to see him beat him. They beat him the year with Freddie Kitchens. They beat him by like thirty fucking points. That was one of their four <laughs> wins that year. Oh, we, we beat the shit. Up. We beat the dog shit out of them. Oh, I think yeah, I th- yeah, I remember. So they've beaten him. All right, so they're, they're one in one in five against him. Yeah, well, you know, it's better than being on six. <laughs> it is. All right, you ready to move to the pick'em? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, folks, fans, friends, family, I've been telling you, telling you for weeks. Telling you for weeks. So last week, your boy, old Ryan Saber, went five and oh. And your boy Luke, Lukey, the old crockpot, went one and four. So right now we're sitting with all that. I'm I'm still under 500. I'm 22 and 23. Luke's 21 and 24. And I not only I was tired of dominating. I not only overcame that three-game deficit, but I took the lead. And I'm gonna tell you, I sweated out a couple of those games. All those yeah. games were close. You needed a whole lot. I mean, you needed you needed the fifty mile per hour wins Monday. Yes. You needed you the needed Washington the, Raiders oh, thing. Jimmy Garoppolo pick in the red zone. Yes, and all you of it. A brand new kicker to kick a forty eight yard field goal. 
I thought Gerald Everett was really like I thought that Gerald Everett was listening to our show and he was purposely trying to throw that fucking game. He had two turnovers in the red zone for Christ's sake. I thought he was purposely trying to throw that game so I couldn't take the lead. But my boy Russ overcame. We sweated it out, but we got it. The five and zero. Are you ready for Week 14? It's a brand new week, and we could very easy. Hell, I could go one and four this week, and you could go five and zero, and you know, put this thing away. You ready? Oh, let's let's go. Steelers at Vikings minus three and a half. Do a little Thursday night action, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings. I'm gonna tell you. So what I normally do with this is I take the five lowest spreads. I did not put the Browns and the Ravens on here because I didn't want to. I didn't want to jinx it. Okay, embedded in here, there's a a, lar- a little bit larger spread than we usually have. Okay, Falcons at Panthers minus three. And Panthers coming off the bye with the new OC. Uh, I'll take the birds. I got the Panthers. There's one. Cowboys at Washington football team plus four. We normally don't have a spread that large. Yeah, I'll take Dallas. Yeah, I got Dallas too. 49ers at the Bengals to pick them. This one's tough, man. This, this yeah. is like a sneak. I wanted to mention this one when we talked about what you're looking forward to. It's got sneaky, like below up potential. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Both teams coming off a loss. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Niners. Yeah, it's never good to pick for the reason, pick a team for the reason that I'm going to pick them because we need Cincinnati to lose. (laughs) So I'm going with the 49ers. I just, that Cincinnati team outside of the AFC North, they're scared of teams that play physical. It's, It's weird with Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they're able to blow those teams out. And then when other teams play physical with them, they, they, they fold. So I'm going San Francisco, Buffalo at Tampa minus three and a half. I'll give us the split here. I'll take the, I'll take the bills. All right. So the difference that we have is you got two road teams. Yeah. The Falcons and the bills. I got the Panthers and the bucks. All right. You want to talk some NBA? We haven't talked NBA in a while. You ready? Are you excited? Let's go. You didn't even know we were going to talk NBA. I wanted to slide this in here. I know that you're super fucking dialed in. You've been watching the Cavs, which they're exciting. I have not been watching them very much. I've seen a little bit, but I watch the highlight packages and things like that. Look, we're 25 games into the season. We're a little over a quarter into the season. And I wanted to take some time to talk NBA because we haven't really talked NBA since we did the season preview. And then we talked, you know, the 75th anniversary team, which we know how you felt about that. But who surprised you so far? Player? It, we'll, we'll get into disappointments, too. So surprised in a good way. Player, team, who surprised you the most? I want to start this by saying I'm trading in the Blazers for the for the Bulls. First of all, I had that. I was trading for the fucking I just said Bulls. It. I just said no, it. No, wait I just a minute, said that dude. I'm trading No fucking for the way. That's, that's, that's horseshit. No, that that's fucking horseshit because I wanted to talk about the fucking NBA first. <laughs> We're flipping a coin on that, buddy. <laughs> so I'm taking the Bulls. I got it written down here, too. I got it written in my notes. WC Challenge trading Denver for Chicago. It's my turn. It's my turn to go first. You went first last time. 
Actually, I don't think you've traded anybody. I haven't. You right, can well, have. I'll let you have them. <laughs> Who's surprising the most? You need it. You need a. You're in need of. Um, it's Chicago. It's Chicago. I can't. I um. I can't believe how well the the. You know, I can't believe how well they fit with Lonzo Levine and um and DeRozan, who's now into the COVID protocols uh, as the Cavs are playing them right now, which was a little lucky break for us. Cavs up 12 right now in the uh, second quarter. But um, they're kind of a throwback team, you know, playing defense. They don't shoot a ton of threes, but it all seems to work. Lonzo has really taken a step forward. You know, their offensive rating is 19th and their defensive rating is 11th. Their net rating is 20th out of 30. So this may be a little bit of fool's gold here, just looking at it, but you know, it's Chicago. I, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with, with what Chicago is doing. So on the flip side of that, who's, who's the biggest disappointment? I think it's got to be Dallas. I heard, I heard today that Luca came in this offseason 260 pounds. Um, well, what, what do you think his, his playing weight is? I mean, he's, he's not a little guy. So what do you think? Yeah, he's, he's maybe like, like 30 six, pounds, 25 pounds, maybe? Maybe. I mean, I guess, I guess. I, I mean, how tall is he? Like six? Uh, yeah, he's like six. He's like six, eight, five. six nine. No, he, I don't he, think. He, I think he's, he's not like that six, big. five, six, six. Okay, so he's probably around the two thirty-five range. So he's. I mean, that's two sixties. Yeah. That's twenty-five like pounds. Twenty-five pounds. Because he's just. He's listed. He's listed right now at ESPN at six seven two thirty. So. So he okay. So I mean, that's a lot. So um, he is about thirty pounds overweight. And he's still. I mean, he might not be now. That's what he reported at. Um, did you see? I, did you see the fucking <laughs> report on Zion? Yeah, he's like three thirty or something. And I, you're gonna get mad at me when I say this. I I was watching unscripted with Skip and Shannon. And Skip said that his because Skip's in Skip is down there in that area in the south, and he was he said his sources were telling him he's actually more around three ten. But still, man. I mean, he came in. He came in at what, like two eighty five. He was always pushing it. So if he wasn't going to be, you know, if he had injuries like this, I think that was kind of always within the range of outcomes for him yeah. was was to, was to gain some weight. And you know, he's still young. He hired a trainer two years in. You hope it doesn't sap his fucking athleticism though, because that's what makes him so special. Is those second bounces on those those rebounds and tips and stuff. And um, but yeah, for me, for me, it's Dallas as the team that that I'm a little disappointed in. You know, Porzingis has given them nothing. Not a unicorn anymore. Huh? I don't even know what they can do to improve the roster. Like Ben Simmons really does nothing for them. You know, CJ McCollum has a collapsed lung. Who knows what what they're going to do if they're going to blow up their their whole thing up there in Portland? You know, so I don't really know what the path is to improving the roster. So my Cavs are up on the Bulls seven at halftime. Oh, so they're down. They're down from the twelve that I just mentioned. Oh, I was mad about. <laughs> I, I'm still. Who are you dropping? Uh, Dallas. See. Um. No, I don't have Dallas anymore. I'm dropping the Blazers. When did you didn't drop Dallas? I yeah. haven't recorded it. We have not made any changes. I said I. I'm showing that I have the Lakers, the Nets, the Blazers, the Heat, and the Suns. That's last year. God damn it. Because I have the Lakers, Warriors, Suns, Utah. That's right. That's right. I have all the Western Conference. Yeah, I have like all. There we go. You've got Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Dallas, Dallas. Miami, and Atlanta. Who you want to drop? Probably Dallas, Uh, right? Yeah, Dallas, yeah. 
So just go ahead and make me all the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Okay. So you got the Bulls. Okay. All right. So, okay. We've talked about the surprising team. It's obviously the Bulls. I mean, I think there's a couple others you can talk about. No real surprising players outside of DeRozan, maybe. Um, Disappointments. You know, Dallas, certainly, I think. Boston's been a little bit of a disappointment. Luca's, from a player perspective, has has really, really been a a little bit of a disappointment. I think, you know, that I think it's time for them to kind of figure some things out and kind of blow it up. But when we talk about some of these teams that are kind of hovering around near the bottom, you know, in the in the Western Conference, you got the Lakers. Denver's the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. You got Boston at 10, Atlanta at nine. Um, you know, the Knicks started out tough, but right now they're 11th seed. Like, who, who is that you... surprising to you, the Knicks? No, because their best player is a two or a, he's a number three or a number two at best, right? Like, Julius Randle's never going to be the best coming player off a career and, year. You know what I mean? Right, so no, right. it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. So uh, RJ Barrett's like shooting like 22% from yeah, three. Like it, that doesn't surprise me either. I mean, I just, nothing about what that team has done has surprised me, but I guess my question is, you know, who do you expect to turn it around? I mean, I think the easy answer is probably the Lakers, but you know, is, is that the one team that you see right now? That's kind of underachieved so far this season that you expect near the end of the season for them to be hitting on all cylinders. Well, I wouldn't like shoo them in from a like a standings perspective. You know, I think they'll figure it out by the time the playoffs get here. But I think they're probably going to be in that four to six range. They might. I could. I could even see them slipping into uh, into the play-in if you know we saw LeBron had COVID. If anything happens to AD, like it's really around those two guys. And like we talked about it in the offseason in our preview show that Russ is really going to carry them through the um, the regular season. So. But an injury to one of those two guys would really hurt them. Outside of that, can can Boston do anything? I I don't know. I mean, that that that's probably is maybe. I guess Philadelphia once once Embiid comes back, I mean they'll be fine. Uh, the yeah. Bucks the Bucks are in th- in third right now, and I but, still uh, feel like they're going to make a move. Well, they're undefeated. Who the who Philly? Oh yeah, yeah. You th- you think uh, Simmons is on the move? I- I don't know how, I mean, their window is fucking like it's now, you know, just Joel Embiid doesn't strike me as a player. That's going to dominate for 15 or 16 years. Like they got to maximize on this four or five year window with him that he's probably in year two of like, they're running out of time. So. Yeah. I think Atlanta can probably make a little push. I Washington is going to come back a little bit. Washington sitting in fifth right now. Um, Atlanta's down the plane at nine. So I think they'll make a little push, but um but yeah, I think the surprising players, like I know we already talked about this, but Evan Mobley. Yeah. I thought <laughs> thought he was gonna be good. I didn't expect yeah. him to be like one of the, the new players. age Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he, he's uh you know, it's not all box score either. Like he's doing he's doing stuff that's just like rotations on defense where he's switching onto guards. Guards are starting to figure it out now as they're coming around and playing us the second time around, but they'd get him on a switch and they're like, Oh, I'm just gonna going to take him off the dribble and go to the basket and they're getting swatted yeah uh, you know it felt that whole situation feels kind of like when bought not not quite the same but when boston got tatum you know they had the number one pick and they moved back to three you know markel fultz went one or whatever and I, you know i don't even remember who went two that year but 
but the best player went third overall. I think when it's all said and done, Mobley, I mean, he's already the best player. You know, Scotty Barnes early on was was making a little bit of a push there. And the kid. Uh, I, I, I think Cade's still going to be fine. Yeah, he's, he's I saw Rosillo tweet last night, maybe that he's been shooting the ball really well the last week or so. So, you know, Lonzo he's obvi- second in that draft. Oh, Lonzo wins. Yeah, yeah. So you got Markel Fultz and Lonzo. Lonzo's having a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah, he was good at the end of last year, too, though. I mean, he he was really only like, I would say bad. I mean, aside from the shooting, his like second year in L.A., like his first year, he was fine. And then he, yeah, I mean, he wasn't like with New he wasn't him. I don't think he was fine towards the end of the year. Yeah, maybe. All right. So I think we all expect the Lakers to kind of turn it around a little bit. I think, you know, Philly's that's a good call there. Boston's the 10 seed right now. I mean, I, I expect them to be in the mix, probably maybe not for a home, you know, a home, not, not home field advantage or home court advantage in the first round or whatever, but they're definitely, I, don't know, I just don't think play. they're very good. Yeah, they're not, but they have enough good players. Um, you know, who do you expect to regress? There's these teams up there at the top. Chicago, obviously, you don't expect them. Washington, even Washington's kind of starting to come back down to earth a little bit. Memphis, I think Memphis is one on the on, on, in the Western Conference. They're undefeated since John Morant went out. So, you know, is there one of these teams or maybe even a player, DeRozan, somebody like that, that you expect maybe to come back down to earth a little bit? Definitely Washington, and they have a negative point differential. Yeah. They've lost three in a row. As you, you said they're already starting to come back down. I don't think they're very good to begin with. I'd have to look and see what their schedule was like, but uh, who knows right now? I mean, there's a bunch of teams in the middle. The middle the middle of both conferences is pretty deep. Actually, the East is, is probably deeper. Yeah, it is. The East, is, the, the East is deeper in the middle than, than the West is, and um, – you know, a lot of these teams are just going to be beating each other all year. So, so who knows? I mean, it, it makes for a really fun race. Like right now, only Orlando and Detroit are really just like out of it. Out of yeah. It. Indiana. We uh, there was a report from Shams that they're they're looking to to break it up and trade one of Sabonis and Turner and also Karis Levert. So if that happens, I mean, they'll probably slip down into there. But you know, Toronto, like as you mentioned, Scotty Barnes, they're, they're right there. Scotty Barnes off to a really really good start. Yeah. But uh, in the West, like. I think all those teams that are outside of the play on playing right now are, are, are pretty much dead. I don't, you know, I think those are the 10 teams that it'll end up being. Yeah. But it makes for a fun race in the East, you know, every night it's, it's a fun game. So, so this is the point that I was going to trade Denver for Chicago. Uh, you beat me to it. So touche to you. So I'm going to take my second team on the list. I'm going to take Memphis. I'm going to trade Denver for Memphis. The good thing about this one, it's not like the NFL challenge where we can only make one, one trade. So I'm just going to keep an eye on it. Not, you know, next time I want to make a move, I'm just going to open the show before I even do do the intro. And I'm just going to go, Hey, I'm trading (laughs) so-and-so for (laughs) so-and-so welcome to the water cooler. You can wait until the NBA until the NBA section of the show. Yeah, no, it's it, it's all good. I look, it's early, man. Like we're twenty five games in. There's still sixty, you know, a little less than sixty games to go. Injuries, trades, all that shit, man. Like, it's just anyway, a- I, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff can happen. But I mentioned Mobley earlier. He's six for eight for twelve points, uh, four rebounds at halftime. You know, nothing spectacular. Three three blocks. 
plus 21. He's yeah, plus that's, 21. That's kind of the night he has every night, right? Like, I feel like he scores like 12 to 18 points, has like 8, 10, 12 rebounds, couple assists, steals, blocks. I mean, he's just he's he's an impact player. And he's what 19? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's this is this is not like this is nothing compared to the player that he's gonna be two or three years from now. Hell, next year, right? Like even next year, him and Allen fuck, you, next month. Like he's, yeah, he's and he uh, he is the son of a coach, so he is very smart. But he just sucks everything up, man. He he does he barely makes the same mistake twice. You know, there was a lot of debate leading up in the draft process, leading up to the draft and all that, how the Jared Allen, Evan Mobley thing would work. And I mean, obviously it's, it's working beautifully. Both those, I mean, Jared Allen, I, I mean, there's, he's scoring, <laughs> I saw 28, you know, points a couple times. I mean, Jared Allen's playing great, obviously Garland. He's Eastern Conference player of the week. Yeah. You know, the Colin Sexton loss hurts a little bit, but you know, the team's playing really well. Ricky Rubio's been a crazy surprise. You it's know, Kevin awesome. Love has has come out of the woodwork these last about week and a half, two weeks or so. Teams teams hitting on all cylinders. It looks like Kevin Love's enjoying being a cavalier again. So hopefully he's not gonna be part of that trade to uh you all right over there. Little... Yeah, I'm good. All right, you good on the NBA? Yeah, I'm good. Don't forget. At WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe. We are available on all your favorite streaming platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B L E A V. And as always, we are presented by. The one and only betonline.ag and lightboxjewelry.com. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Shout out to Tiger and Charlie Woods going to play in the Father Son PNC next week. So big shout out there. Somebody suck me. Welcome back, Tiger. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube